Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. series called Tweetable Jesus. And the reason that we, we called it that is because if Jesus were living uh, today, he would, there would be, he would be, I believe he would be having these quotes out about him, uh, of tweets uh, that he would send out or that others would send out that he said. And today the one that we want to look at is this, is, is hashtag live the golden rule. Hashtag live the golden rule. Now, I want to ask you, uh, how many of you ever heard of the golden rule? Let me see your hand. You've heard it. Okay, all right. Great. Some of you may not have, but you like, everybody else raise their hands, so I am, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, the reason I say that because, you know, I've talked to people before, and I said something, you know, people that, you know, did, were not that familiar to church, I said something about the golden rule. They said, oh, I know that. He who has the gold rules, <laughs> you know? And then also, uh, like, Fishermen, if you're a fisherman, you know that uh, that fish have to be so long, some certain fish have to be so long before you can keep them. And so there's a, a rule that they have, a ruler that you can buy. It's called the golden rule. So you know how to measure your fish. And so the golden rule actually is a statement of Jesus. He said, it's in Matthew 7 and 12. And uh, this verse, I, I emailed you out this week and uh, asked you if you had a life verse uh, because this one is mine. Like I've said, okay, I want to, this one verse, I want to make sure it's my life verse and I want to use it to the best of my ability. And so, uh, you know, this is it. So I'd like to read it to you. It's Matthew 7 and 12. It says this, so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets. Okay. Now the question is, is that, did you see anything in that verse that said anything about gold? No, right? So have you ever wondered how we got, how it got the name Golden Rule? Have you ever wondered that? No, you haven't, but I'm going to tell you anyways. Huh? <laughs> okay, you're like, care less. Well, the way that it got the name Golden Rule was there was a Roman emperor in 20, uh, 220 A.D. by the name of Alex uh, Servius, Alexander Servius. He was a Roman emperor, and he believed in this rule, so, this principle of Jesus so much that he actually had it put in gold. And it was called the Golden Rule. And he sent it out all over Rome and said, I want everybody to live by this rule. So that's how we get the term Golden Rule. Now you know, right? Okay. And by the way, this guy was not a Christian. He didn't follow Christ. He was a pagan, but he liked the rule. Okay. He said, put it in gold. All right. And, and so that's how it got its name. So today, the problem is this, is our, our, what I would like you to remember, is I want to teach you the Golden Rule today. I want to teach it to you. And so we're going to say it multiple times today as we do every week because the more that you say it, you know what? The more you say it, the more you'll believe it and the more it will get inside of you. And so right now it's coming up on the screen. So I'd like for all of us in the upper room as well, I'd like for everyone to say this out loud with me. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Now, now these last three words, these last three words, let's say them out loud. Everybody, you ready? Come on. It's my move. Okay, now that's not the golden rule. That's Jeff's rule, all right? Uh, so I added to that because to, to, do the, to do unto others, you have to make a move. 
And so today's the day that we make a move. And so I would like to share with you, because my question is this. The Bible is, is a wonderful historical book. I mean, it's wonderful. But it's, it's actually meant to be practiced as a practical book. It means that these principles are to be lived out. And if you live them out, your life will get better. And so my question every time I read a verse is, okay, how does this work for me? How does this apply? And that's what I always teach you is how to, right? Because it should be lived out. So there's three things today that I think if you will do will help you live out the golden rule. All right, so are you ready? Everybody ready? Okay, here we go. Number one, would you write this down? Is be considerate. Be considerate. If we're going to live out the golden rule, then we have to learn to be considerate. Now, notice I broke this verse up into like three segments. So the first three words of the verse, I'd like for us to read it together, but I also would like for you to emphasize the last word. You ready? Let's read it together. Here we go. So in everything. everything. Okay, now let me ask you a question. What does everything not cover? (laughs) Because there's some things I want to apply the golden rule to and I want to be considered in, but there's other things that I don't want to. And I would say this, whenever I don't want to do something, I would say, well, you know, but they done this or he did that or she did this, right? And I'd say, well, you know, well, if they hadn't have done this, And so I try, sometimes I think that situations eliminate the golden rule. But he says in everything, all right? So in everything. Look at the next verse with me. Look what the Bible says here in Philippians 2 and 3. It says this. He says, do nothing out of what? Selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. So before we move on, I just want to tell you, that means selfish ambition means I tear people down. Do nothing to tear people down. Then he goes on to say, or out of what? You know what that means? I'm always lifting me up. Isn't it amazing that how many people try to tear people down in order to lift themselves up? Okay? And then he goes on to say this, but in humility do what? Consider others. others. That's right. Better than yourself. So what I want to say is this is, is be considerate with your emotions. See, not just just with... uh, with maybe an action, but with your emotions. We have to learn to be, if we're going to do it with everything, we have to learn to be considerate with our emotions. Because why? There's three top uh, negative emotions that every one of us, I would dare to say, has expressed or felt. And that is, number one is anger. The second one is fear. And the third one is disgust. Now, I want to ask you, and everybody in the upper room as well, how many of you have fe- felt at least one of those emotions? Let me see your hand. Okay, I'm looking at who's lying right now. Okay, look around up. That's right. All of us, right? We felt anger. We felt fear. And there's some people that just disgusted me. How about you? Just disgusting, right? And so when those happen, when those emotions happen, we begin to lose control. Now, uh, this uh, summer, or actually this fall, I got to spend some time with a a young man who's actually playing... uh, Baseball now, professional baseball, major leagues. His name is Travis Bergen. And Travis uh, grew up in my neighborhood, but we got disconnected. And so he come back uh, last season. I got to connect again with him. And so I went out because I was like, you know, I just want to know what this guy has learned because he had to work really hard to get where he's at. And so I went, with Tra- I went out with Travis. We went to lunch one day, and I said, Travis, how do you do it? I said, you know, when you get up, you've walked a batter or something. How do you, how do you control yourself? You know, how, how do you keep it together? And he said, well, Pastor Jeff, you have to learn to control your emotions. I'm like, oh, talk to me. <laughs> and, you know, because 
you know, once anger hits, it's gone, you know, and fear and then disgust. I mean, like, it's like, uh-uh. Because I'm an emotional guy, you know, I'm like, uh-uh. And so uh, he says, you have to control your emotions. He said, I want to tell you something. The, the pitch that batters love the most, he said, the batter's favorite pitch from a pitcher is not the slider, it's not the fastball, it's not the curveball, it's the angry ball. The angry ball. He says, when a pitcher gets mad and throws the ball because they're angry, he says, they lose control. And when they lose control, he said, the batters will knock it out of the park every time. And so I said, I have to learn, we have to learn to keep our emotions in check. And so I would say the same thing as with you and with me. Because if I'm going to practice the golden rule, I'm going to do, unto, uh, I'm going to do to others as I would have them do to me, then I, if I do it through anger, then guess what? It's not going to come out. I'm not going to live the golden rule. And so what I'd like to share with you is that uh, how do you do that? How do you become a more considerate person? Well, here it is, is we learn to be meek, to be meek. Now, I know that many of you think of a meek person. When you think that, you're thinking of someone that's weak. You're thinking, of, oh, they just let everybody run over them. That's not meekness at all. That's stupidity. Amen. <laughs> right? That's not, that's not meekness. No, no, you know what meekness is? Meekness is what Travis shared with me. It's power under control. It's power under control. You know, I could just imagine that batter getting up there and saying something about his mother. You know what I'm saying? Because they do that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, they would just do all kinds of stuff. And I could imagine him. He could take that ball and hit the guy right in the head with it, right? But it's power under control, right? That's what Mika says. And that's exactly what Jesus did. When Jesus went to the cross, you've got to understand that, you know, nobody took his life, he gave it. Because he had the power to come down off of that cross. He had the power to call down 12,000 angels and stop all of that. He had the power, but he allowed it to happen. You see, it was power under control. And so I just want to share, meekness is the way to go. Now, in order to practice meekness, we have to change the way we think. Look what the Bible says. Philippians 4 and 8, I love this, paraphrasing the message, it says this. You'll do best by filling your mind and meditating on things that are what? Isn't it amazing? When you get angry or when you have fear or when you get dis disgust, you start lying to yourself, don't you? I mean, you start saying, well, they're thinking this and they're thinking that, and I'll tell you what. And so you just begin to build this whole case that is not true. He says, think on the things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, and look what he says. And what's that next word? Gracious. gracious. Oh, gracious. That means sometimes that we give people what they don't deserve, right? That's what gracious means. He says, gracious, and then he says, look, the best. Gracious, the best, then not the worst, the beautiful. Not the what? Oh, boy, that's hard for me, isn't it, you? I mean, when someone's been ugly to me, I don't want to be kind to them. Now, I know you all do. I'm sorry. It's just me right now in the room, all right? But I, it's not my natural reaction. It's not my natural tendency. He says, not the ugly, things to praise, not the things to what? Curse. curse. Isn't it amazing how curse words come to our mind when people are mean to us? Oh, you're like, not me. Yes, you. <laughs> yes, you. They come to our mind. And so what I want to tell you is that we have to learn to change the story in our mind. And the only way that that really happens, that we change the story, is that really, I'll tell you, this is where I need the power of God. Because I'm going to tell you, the greatest battle I got is right here. It's right here. Because it all starts, all those, all those scenarios begin to play out, right? 
Do you know I read this this week that lawyers are 3.6 times more likely to be depressed than anybody else? That lawyer, they say it's the only field that you work so hard to get into, and once you get into it, you start working hard as to get out of it. Why? Because you know why? Because they're having to play out the worst case scenario all the time. They're having to think, well, if they do this, you know, they're probably going to do this, and they have to think the worst of the worst about people in order to defend them or to protect them. And so depression sets in. And so what I want to tell you that many of you sitting in this room that you're not, you don't have a degree that says you're a lawyer, you know, but in your mind, you're being the lawyer. And you're playing out the worst case scenario all the time. And if you keep doing that, you're going to be depressed. So I want to tell you, you have a leg up as a Christ follower. When you're a Christ follower, this is what happens. When you're a Christ follower, you accept Christ in your life. Even though the worst case scenario you start thinking about, you realize that Jesus can take care of that. Amen. Did you hear that? Even when your mind starts to go to that place where it wants to go to the worst case scenario, you have to remind yourself that, uh-uh, that if it goes to wherever, Jesus Christ can take care of that because he can do anything, yes, right? Jesus changes everything, right? Didn't you hear Rhonda singing that? Change, fall, something like that. Anyways, I don't know. <laughs> Every time I hear that song, I'm like, yeah, mm, mm, you know, because yeah. I feel that way. Hope is given. It's when you have Jesus Christ inside of you that he changes everything. And so today, I want to tell you, if you do not have Jesus, then you know what? You, every day is a worst-case scenario, but not for me. You say, well, what's the worst that could happen? You die? Yes, that's the worst that could happen to some people, but for me, that's the best that can happen. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? That means that, listen, the moment that I take my last breath here, I'm going to meet Jesus. Amen. And you know, you know, heaven's a pretty good place. You know, you know, there's no problems there. You understand that, right? That's right. There's no problems in heaven. Even if your mother-in-law makes it to heaven. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> She's going to be changed on the way up. Hallelujah. Heaven's a great place. <laughs> Man, they went to preaching now, hadn't he? So I want you to receive Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you need him. And there's a, there's a prayer inside of our program called the prayer to become a Christ follower. Please pray that. And then just check it on the back of this card that you prayed the prayer so we can pray for you because Jesus changes everything. Amen? All right. And then I have another step for the, for the rest of you. It's this. It's on the back of your card. And look what it says. It says, I will do my best to be considerate even when I'm what? Emotional. Now, you need to check that box because we're going to pray for you because you and I need it. And listen, if you don't need it, just write my name down there and pray for me because I need it. I really need it. Okay, so let's say the golden rule again together. It's coming up on the screen. Let's say it. You ready? Come on. Everybody in the upper room as well. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Now, what's those three words? Let's say them out loud. Come on. It's my move. Okay, so I'm not waiting on anybody else. It's my move. Now, the next thing I would say this. Be considerate, but number two is be proactive. Be proactive. Oh, this is good. Okay, be proactive. Now, notice this right here. In Matthew 7 and 12, again, it's what we've been saying, so I'm just going to get you to read the whole verse with me. Come on, let's read again. You ready? Come on. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Now, notice what Jesus said. Jesus, he didn't say, don't do, right? He didn't say, don't do to others what you would have them do to you. He said, do to others what you would have them do to you. So 
what we, we, we have a tendency to do is this, is that we have a tendency to think when someone does something to them and we say, okay, well, I'm going to practice the golden rule because I'm not going to do back to them what they've done to me. So we think withholding things is what is the golden rule by not doing stuff. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. He says, you do to them, do to them, do to them. It's, it's, it's action. It's proactive. It doesn't mean stay still. It doesn't mean don't say, well, you know what? I'm going to be the bigger person here. No, no, no. You've got to do something. And what I would share with you is this, is that there's a passage in the Bible that tells us what to do. It's in Romans 12 and 21, and I have it on your outline. Look what it says. It says this. Do not let evil what? Okay, I want to ask you a question. Are you letting evil defeat you? Are you, are, you letting, are you letting evil defeat you? That's the question. Are you letting evil defeat you? You've got to answer that question. And if you are, stop it. Just stop it. If you know that you're, that you're practicing something that's evil and it's taking you down, which evil does take you down, then just right now, in the name of Jesus, stop it. Stop it. Now here, how do you do this? Look what he says. He says, but defeat evil with what? Good. The only way our world gets better is that we return evil with what? Good. You see that? That's the only If you want to change the world, if you would say, you know what, I want my life to make a difference and I want to change the world, well, I'll tell you how you do it. Is that you just overcome evil with good. Now, it would be amazing. Our country would be a better place if, our, if we could get it, especially in Washington, D.C. right now, right? Because it's all about, you know, well, I'm Republican, I'm Democrat, I'm, I'm independent, I'm this. And they're always pointing the blame at each other, right? You know what I'm saying? Stop it. Amen. Somebody needs to go there and say, just stop it. Why? Because I'm going to tell you, the world's never going to get better as long as we're blaming everybody else. Let's just return good for evil and the world will get good, right? Amen. When we keep talking about all our divisions, you know, when we keep putting that poison in the generation after generation, generation, say, well, well, they got this title, so they're bad, or they got this title, and they're bad. No, 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 no. Everybody, they, I don't care. There's good Democrats, there's good Republicans, there's good everybody, right? Just because somebody's got a, got a voting record doesn't mean that they're our enemy. Hello. Amen, Amen right? And so we overcome evil with good. Yeah, listen, if you want to be good, you do good. If you want to be good, you talk good. If you want to be good, you smile good, right? When everybody, you do it. So what does that mean? It means this. If you want to do good to others, that means that you forgive the way you want to be forgiven. It means that you, you, you brag on people the way you want to be bragged on. It, it, means that, it means that you treat other people the way you want to be treated. It means you listen to people the way you want to be listened to. It means that, that you care the way you want to be cared for. Whatever, the way that you would want someone to treat you in that situation, you do it. Don't just wait. You do it. Amen. And do it. When you do, it'll change your home. Amen. Listen, there's some of you right now that, listen, you, you need to just get over it. You say, well, they've been bad, so I'm just going to withhold the good. I'm not going to be good to them that they start being good to me. Well, let me tell you something. You're going to be miserable the rest of your life. Listen, don't let, don't let evil overcome your good. Let your good overcome the evil. Listen, you don't feel better when, when someone's been evil and, and you keep talking. You know, you say, well, I'm waiting on them. I'm waiting on them to make the move. As long as you're waiting on them, evil is controlling you. 
Step up and do the good anyways, right? Do the good anyways. Now, let me say this to you. There's times that, you know, this Bible verse, again, I said like it's my life verse. Do good to others, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. There's times you've got to make sure that what's good to you is good to somebody else. Because there's been times that Rhonda in our marriage, you know, she's been in there fixing food or something. And I would just go by and, you know, I'd just poke her, poke her like that or something, you know, just poke her. And she says, stop it. I'm like, whoa, lady. Just chill here a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'm your man that's coming around and I'm just flirting with you a little bit. She says, stop it. I'm like, well, I'm just doing to you what I wish someone would do unto me. I'm being biblical. You ever pulled that one out? You know what she said? You can take your Bible verse and sleep on the couch. I've done Jesus like some of y'all do to me. You know, I know my name comes up in your house a lot. But it's not always good. Because everybody says, everybody that says to me, you know, your name come up at our house, but it's never good. They were, they were trying to prove a point. You say, well, you know what Pastor Jeff said? And the only time that my name comes up is when I'm helping them win an argument. I said, no wonder your kids hate me. No wonder your husband can't stand to see me. No wonder. Every time I eat growling, <laughs> Pastor Jeff said, Pastor Jeff said, no, 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 don't you be doing, don't do me that way. Uh-uh, you pick it, you fight your own battles. Leave me out of it. <laughs> I'm telling you, because Jesus don't even help you in those, I can tell you that. So let's say it again, you ready? Let's say again the golden rule. Here it is, coming on the screen, let's say it again, ready? Do to others what you would have them do to you. Now what's those last three words? It's my move. It's my move. It's my move. Number three is this, the third thing. So we, we said be considerate, be proactive. Number three is be gracious or, or be generous. I'm sorry, be generous. Gracious is on my mind. Good, gracious. Be generous. To be generous, um, Jesus says this. I'm going to read the whole verse to you, and we're going to read what's underlined together. He says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophet. What is he saying? How did this sum up the law and the prophet? Well, remember Jesus gave us a great commandment, and he said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. And he said, this sums up the law and the prophet. So what Jesus was saying was, is this rule right here goes back to that. And that means that you love God and you love people. And the way that you love God and you love people is by being a giver. You got to give. See, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Let me see. Do you hear that? <laughs> How many of you have ever had to draw names at Christmas? Let me see your hands, like for family members, all right? Okay, yeah. You know what you did? You went and drawed your brother-in-law's name, right? And you can't stand him. Let's just be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. You can't stand him. And so, you know what? You went out and got a gift, or you might have asked your wife, well, listen, you get this. I don't know what to give him. You get him. So anyways, you went at Christmas time, and you had to give that gift. You gave that gift begrudgingly, not liking it, and didn't care if he liked it or not. You gave it. So you gave without loving. 
So you can do that, but there's no way that you can love without giving. Love requires us to give. So what I found out is there's three types of people in this world when it comes to being generous. The first ones is what I call the takers. The takers. You might want to write that down. The takers. They're always looking for a handout. Matter of fact, you know their line is this. If it's free, you will see me. That's their line. If it's free, you will see me. And if you ever meet a, if you ever meet a person who says, my name is Jimmy, I'll take all you can give me, run. I met that person about 25 years ago, and they like to, took everything I had. They like destroyed me. The second one is what I call uh, the matchers. The matchers. Would you write that down? The matchers. They say this. They say, I will match what you do for me or what you give to me. No more, no less. I'll match it. And you know what they're always saying is they're saying this. Well, why should I do something for you? You've not done anything for me. And, and again, you see what I'm talking about? So with giving or with, or, or with relationships or whatever, it's always a matching. I'm only, you know, and they're waiting for somebody else to make the first move. It's miserable. Matchers. And then the third one is, is givers. There's the takers, there's the matchers, and there's the givers. And these people have learned how to be generous. Now, I want to put the, we're going to put this verse on the screen, but in just a moment, I'm going to, put the, uh, I'm going to ask you to look at the camera just a second. I want you to read with me those first three words of the next verse of Luke 6 and 38. This is what Jesus says right here. Look what Jesus said. Let's read the first three words. Ready? Come on. Give and it. Okay, I want everybody to look at the screen just a second because I want to talk to everybody, so I'm going to look into the camera. Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. What I want you to understand is this, is that the it is what you give. Give and it will be given to you. So whatever you give becomes your it. So if you give love, it will be given to you. If you give hope, it will be given to you. If you give a good attitude, it will be given to you. Whatever you give, whatever you give becomes your it. Is that whatever you give, it, it comes back to you. So I want to finish the verse. Look what he says. He says, given it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured in your lap. For with the measure you use, let's read the rest of it. Ready? It will be measured to you. So what that means is this. Our world has summarized that. The world has says this. You finish it. You ready? What goes around, comes around. What goes around, comes around. And see, that's exactly it. Whatever you're sending around, Jesus said, what you give, you will get. And you will get it in a good measure. It'll come back to you. So my question is this. What are you sending around? What are you giving? Now, I'm reading a book right now. It's a, it's a business book. It, it's not spiritual at all. Matter of fact, the guy's a little offensive because he uses a lot of swear words uh, in his book, writing a business book. I mean, he gets upset. So, he's, so he's, he's not a Christian that I know of. I mean, like, I don't believe he is by looking at his fruit, okay, reading his words. I don't believe he's a Christian. He's a secular man, and he has said this when it comes to this principle. It was amazing. I like to read what he says. His name is, it's, the book is called Barking Up the Wrong Tree. By the, his name is Eric Barker, okay? That's a little ironic, right? He says this, studies show that the majority of productive engineers, students with the highest grades, and salespeople who brought in the most revenue were all givers. Isn't that amazing? 
This is a secular person. They don't even claim to believe in God. They're saying studies have shown this. He goes on to say this. He says, there is a connection between charitable giving and income. He found that for every dollar donated, income for that person went up by $3.75. He said, there was a clear relationship between how much was given and how much was earned that year. Now, you would expect a preacher to tell you something like that, wouldn't you? But you don't expect a heathen to tell you that. Person, don't even believe it. You see what? But listen, God knew. God wrote the laws of the universe, right? He already knows that, right? And so sociologists are just picking up on that. Look what he says. He goes on to say this: You might be inclined to think that getting help for others would prolong your life. Getting help from others would prolong your life. But he says, but no. Studies have shown the reverse is true. Those who gave more live longer. In other words, it's not the takers that live longer, it's the givers that live longer. Wow, I just showed you how to add years to your life right there. And start being a giver. Begin to give of yourself. And as a matter of fact, that's why we do growth track, by the way. You know that we do growth track is not for us. It's to help you discover what you're good at giving of yourself at in order that you might do it. Now listen to this part. He goes on and says this. He says, uh, volunteering even just two hours a week predicts increase in life satisfaction. I'm like, brother, you want to come and preach at my church? <laughs> Do you hear what he's saying? This is, this is what's been proven by sociologists. This is proven that your life gets better. He said, volunteering just two hours a week predicts increase in life satisfaction. Even more surprising, those who donate their time to help others feel less busy and like they have more free time. Isn't that amazing? What I'm trying to tell you today is this, is that you have to do. You have to do unto others. Quit waiting for people to wait on you and begin to serve other people. And it begins to change your life. You get fulfillment. You will never be fulfilled wanting to fill, fulfill your own needs. It's when you serve someone else. Now, so I have this next step on your connection card. Look what it says. It says, I will make my move. I will make my move. Now, I want to ask you a question. Out of everything that we said so far... Where do you need to make a move? You've got to figure that out. You know, who, where do you need to step up a little bit in your life? Is it serving Christ? Is it serving your, your wife, your husband? Is it serving your children? What is it? Where do you need to step up? Look what Jesus said here in Matthew 16 and 25. He says, for anyone who keeps his life for himself shall what? Lose it. In other words, when, when your life is all about a me, me, Selfie. <laughs> when, it, when, it's all of, when your life is all about you, he said, in the end, you're going to lose. You're, you're going to live your whole life and you're never going to be satisfied. But he goes on to say this, anyone who loses his life for me shall what? Find it again. Yes. Remember what we said, Jesus changes everything. And let me sum this up for you. Okay, here it is. Jesus said you can either live for your resume you know what a resume is? It's a bunch of baloney, right? <laughs> I get people's resume, you know, when we're hiring, and I'm like, yeah, right. They can walk on water, too, I'm sure. <laughs> a resume is nothing. It's a, it's a, we're trying to make ourselves look the best that we can, right? All the time, we want to look the best that we can. That's what a resume does. Or you can live for your eulogy. You know what that means? That means that when you leave this world... Your body's going to, either we're going to walk by your body or your ashes, one or the other. 
and people are going to say something about you. And what they're going to talk about is not your me-me. They're going to talk about your character. And they're going to say things. I had a man this week tell me, he said, you know what? I want to be cremated because I'm afraid of what people might say about me in front of my wife and she might get upset. I'm like, are you kidding me? Maybe you should change the way you're living. <laughs> right? Okay, that didn't go over too well, but anyways. So when people walk by, listen, when people walk by, your eulogy is what they're going to say about you. But here's what I want to tell you what's more important. It's also what God's going to say to you. When you leave this earth, you're going to meet him. See, that's, that's the problem. You say, well, I'm just, I don't believe in this God stuff, and I'm just going to live the way I want to. Well, listen, you're free to do that. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. It doesn't stop the fact that just like gravity, whether you believe it or not, it's still gravity. Amen. And when you leave this world, you're going to face God, whether you like it or not. You're going to face it. And the only thing, he's either going to say one or two things. He's either going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, or he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. And so listen, so the question is this, what I want others to say, and more importantly, what I want God to say to me. And that's what matters in this life. And so that's why the golden rule is so important. Now, would you stand with me? That's why we need Jesus. Let me tell you something, because I'm jacked up. I messed up. I need someone greater inside of me to change me. And I can tell you, after being with Jesus for 35 years, he's never left me. And I want to tell you something. Jesus has broken the chains. See, you've got to make a move right now. Some of you got to make your move toward God. Some of you got to make your move toward your spouse. Some of you got to make your move toward your children. Some of you got to make your move toward your coworker. You've got to make a move for things to get better. And you see, it's like chains have bound you up. It's like you, you just can't move. It's like this fear has got you bowing down. And, it, you know, it's like, you know, there's, the hope is gone. And I want to tell you today in the name of God, the name of Jesus Christ, that Jesus changes everything. Amen? Amen. Chains fall. Fear bows. Hope's restored at the name of Jesus. Jesus changes everything. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.